survivors and welcome to 100 Rings, a Sonic podcast by Resident Evil fans for Resident Evil fans. This is First Aid Spray bonus episode 22, and in this edition we are doing what Nintendo don't and covering the classic blast processing sequel to the Mega Drive's best ever seller with Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I'm your host Sai and joining me on South Island this week, collecting gold rings like Elden Ring the board game Kickstarter backers, that's a lot of extra lives, from Steamforge Games it's Sherwin Matthews. And I thought that was going to be a trip to Steam. <laughs> Running around at the speed of sound wave, it's Firebutton Steve Valance. Uh, hi everybody. And searching high and low for a decent social media platform that isn't run by essentially the real-life equivalent to Dr. Eggman from Serial Box 64, it's Jordan Sergrup. Ah, <laughs> that's me. Me that's, again. that's me, I'm Jordan Sergrup. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, no, you know what, I'm not doing it again, that's staying that's, yeah, that's what my name. <laughs> that's what my name is in, the, in capture messages. <laughs> Can you figure out what the letters say? <laughs> The subject of this bonus episode, like all others, was voted on by our Patreon backers. Support the show now to not only help keep us afloat, but also to create new content. Select what that content is and hear it a month before everyone else. Tears begin at just $1 a month. Check out patreon.com forward slash Pod for the full breakdown. Take a breath, Sai. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We've arrived. It's been a long time coming, this one. Um, and it is a pile of shame episode, which... To part of my brain just seems very wrong and weird uh, that somebody from, well, somebody full stop ever has not played Sonic the Hedgehog 2. But nonetheless, we are going to reveal which member of the panel has never played this game and talking about our experiences with it and how we feel about the game now 30 years plus since its release. Uh, this is probably the furthest away from Resident Evil we've ever been. So I am kind of thankful for uh, the bonus episodes of All the Pile of Shame for letting us cover such weird and wacky subjects. This is essentially if Memory Card Lane was just an audio podcast at this point. Uh, breaking up the discussion also, just shout out at the top of the show, is a musical contribution from Savage Regime. Fantastic YouTube channel. Uh, they've done lots of Sonic stuff. And it's not a remix or a cover as such, it's a rearrangement this time around of Mystic Cave Zone. Uh, those of you who understand synths and stuff way better than I do will probably get it better than I do. I just think it sounds nice. I really like the Mega Drive chip, but essentially it's Mystic Cave Zone if it was done on a different Yamaha keyboard. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you like the way the Mega Drive sounds, guarantee you'll like this version just as much, if not more. Um, so yes, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Let's... Let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to our first experiences. We're going to be talking about the 16-bit version, I should point out, the Mega Drive version specifically. Um, Steve, what is your earliest memory of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Sonic in general, I guess, since we've never actually talked about the franchise? Oh, God. Uh, it's got to be like primary school, like a, a million years ago. I would have been six or something. No, no, no. Primary school, six. Is that right? Definitely first yeah. school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we, we were playing it and we were like, talking about it in the playground about this really cool little game where you run around and stuff. And uh, honestly, it's a bit of a blur when you're a kid. Like Sonic 1, Sonic 2, they came out like a year after each other, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. It's just one of those games that's kind of stuck with me since like year dot. Like since I have been playing games, I have, I have been smashing through Sonic 2. And 
I would say it's probably the one of the Mega Drive games that's lasted me, lasted me the longest. It's it's that kind of thing. But unfortunately, my memory is like, what's your exact day when you first played? Like, I don't know. I probably had crumpets that day. You know, <laughs> my memory's a bit fuzzy. Um, but yeah, it needs to say it, it left a lasting impression from, from youth to present mm. day. And, uh, Jordan, I'm uh, oh, sorry, yeah. go on. No, no, I was going to say, it's been a wild ride. Uh, that, that's <laughs> nothing useful. Uh, Jordan, do you remember playing Sonic 2 for the first time at all, or has it also just kind of always been there? It's actually sort of probably my strongest, earliest memory of video games, to be honest, because mm. I got it for my fifth birthday. So at that point, uh, the only thing I'd had was NES and Mario 3. And so I can always say that that's my first game, but to be quite honest, I was a little bit too young to necessarily remember uh-huh. that much from it. Where Sonic Sonic 2, it's always... Every, everything about it, I, I could remember. Like, it was a very uh, sort of strong impression on my childhood. And, uh, you know, started off from picking it up for my birthday. Um, we went to Toys R Us and, you know, I felt super special because it was like first time sort of like picking up a console like that. So my dad takes me there, and you get the um, you get like the little sort of slips. You don't you don't pick it up off a shelf from Toys R Us. Mm. So uh, you know it felt really special because then you give it to a staff member, and they they go off to this special sec- section of the store that's like just next to the tills, and yeah, it's like a little closed off section which they have to go in to go get your console. So it came out with uh, Mega Drive Mark II, came with Power Rangers as well, but it, obviously at that point. Sonic 2 had been out for a couple of years at that point, and they were just bundling it with everything. So, yeah. uh, out of the box, I was I was playing Sonic 2, and it ended up being like the the game that not only did I play, but like my whole family would play it as well. Um, and that wasn't the case, kind of going forward necessarily, but it was exciting because it was sort of it was a brand new game, so everybody wanted to try it. So it was me and my sister would play two player. Uh, and then me and my dad, like usually when he'd come home from work in the evenings, uh, we'd like try and play the one player and try and see if we can get through the whole campaign in one sitting. Never did, but yeah, like just absolutely huge for my sort of childhood. Like it was such a big impression, and um, mm. it's probably what really got me into games because mm-hmm. it wasn't just something that happened to be there. It was something that like. You know, we went out and got as a sort of like a you know a big celebration. Been looking forward to it. Probably played it over other friends' houses or you know in in different shops and stuff like that. So yeah, I was I was so hyped when it arrived, and uh, yeah, it's it's still as magical as it was then. I uh, like you, Steve. I don't have a memory of getting Sonic Two or playing Sonic Two for the first time. Um, it's it's always just kind of been there. I don't yeah. remember us getting. We had the same. We had the Mega Drive too. Um, I don't know if that was a Christmas gift or what or why that even was a thing. If my brother specifically asked for it because he's a few years older than I am or or what. But it, yeah, the Mega Drive two with Sonic in it is uh, really as far back as my memory could probably go. Um, Sonic for me uh, was as big as Ghostbusters was and is. Uh, it, it was. It's like my other fifty percent of my childhood personality, uh, from like five into my teenage years. The difference being, of course, Ghostbusters didn't really have a whole lot to do in the nineties, other than 
one random television show for a year. But Sonic kept producing video games. Um, so Sonic was the big obsession that I had growing up. And when I wasn't playing Sonic 2, I was drawing Sonic characters. I was writing Sonic stories. Um, when I went on the internet for the first time, the first communities that I came across were Sonic communities. Sprite comics. Ever, if anyone remembers Sprite comics, I made Sonic Sprite comics. Uh, too much of a peek behind the curtain much that Sai started off as a self-insert orange hedgehog with a green bandana <laughs> and blue shoes. Oh, yeah. So, suffice to say, cards on the table immediately. I am going to have huge bias for this because, uh, yeah, this is probably the first video game that I actually put a substantial amount of time into. If, if it wasn't the first thing I ever played, it's the first thing that I definitely fell in love with. So, yes, it's a big deal. Sherwin, you've never played Sonic the Hedgehog 2 before. Do you remember it coming out? Do you have any memories of experiencing it in any way or the hype surrounding it at the time? Uh, none of the hype. I was a Nintendo boy. Um, so my first game I had was Zelda. Um... I must have played that about a million times before I even got to Mario, let alone anything else. But <laughs> truthfully, um, yeah, at that point, that's the height of kind of Nintendo's lunge into uh, into the mainstream. So there is the Super Mario Bros. TV show uh, as uh, the live-action one. There was Flying Around. There was kind of uh, a little bit further on, like the, the Nintendo cartoon where they're on Dinosaur Island, I'm going to say. Sounds about right. Something like that. There's various other different bits and pieces happening. Um, you know, I have I am thoroughly indoctrinated into Nintendo at this point, and I was aware, <laughs> of course, of the Mega Drive and the other stuff like that, and the various other different uh, other different names you might have given to Sega. But pretty much everyone I knew had Nintendo, so mm. just didn't have any connection to it at all. Truthfully, even if I had um, had capacity to play it, I'm not sure I would have. Um, I'm not a massive fan of the. I don't. Know, I don't even know what the genre name is for like the old Mario games and Sonic there by by definition. But that wasn't a platformer. Maybe if that's yeah, the yeah, platformer. Yeah. Yeah. I. Sorry, I was thinking Metroidvania has just kind of completely eclipsed it these days, isn't it? Yeah, I wasn't really a big fan of platformers. You know, for me, it was always RPGs or something else along those lines. Just didn't really have time for them, so I wouldn't have connected at all. And uh, truthfully, <coughs> Sonic looked kind of goofy. So, not really me. <laughs> Fair enough. Too cool um, for school. <laughs> uh, the opposite. I guarantee you, me now would be like a total, in, a total Sega boy. Like, yeah, that's just how it is. Apparently, I grew up as uh, far too mainstream for my own good. <laughs> uh, speaking of mainstream, though, before we actually get into the game, it's worth talking about Sonic 2 as a piece of entertainment when it released. As I know we're speaking of, you know, being incredibly nerdy. But Sonic 2's release was a big, big deal in gaming. It wasn't really anything to the to this scope that had ever really been done before. November 24th, 1992, they called it Sonic Tuesday. Um, beforehand, video games just kind of sort of came out. Like, you would go to your brick-and-mortar store... And you'd be like, oh, the magazine told me it was going to be out around this time, and they may or may not have it. And it's why when you look up old video games, uh, a lot of the less major titles, so your Zelda and your Mario games, for example, might have actual solid release dates, but 
some video games not so much they just kind of came out in uh, when they were available on a month whereas this was a worldwide sort of release um which was carefully potted out and was like a marketing giant thing it was a big deal jordan have you looked back on any of the sonic tuesday stuff i feel like it might appeal to your interests yeah i mean i was actually i was watching some uh old footage of of what the launch was like in england you know like sort of Mm. they had promotional buses that would sort of you know ride around and you know people could jump onto the buses and they'd have a bunch of TVs and uh, Mega Drives that you could play. I, I don't know if it was actually Sonic 2 itself or if they were just playing sort of Sonic 1, but yeah, obviously they were sort of building up the hype uh, for Sonic 2 to sort of come out. Um, the thing is, obviously I was probably way too young for Sonic Tuesday to really kind of recollect anything for myself. So uh, it's only something that I know as sort of like a phenomenon that happened when it released. But it's not to say that I didn't feel uh, somewhat of the after effects of Sonic, because the fact of the matter is that by the time that I got a Mega Drive, Sonic was huge. Um, And even before I'd got the game itself, like I was watching the TV show. You know, I had a couple of the toys that had been like in Happy Meals and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I, I even had like a Sonic Annual. Uh, mm. There was a lot of media push in all fronts, mm. um, in the kind of way that would end up sort of being quite sort of roundly eclipsed by the likes of, say, Pokemon later on in the generation. But it was still something yeah, great that show. Yeah. it hadn't been seen up to this point. I mean, I would even go as far as to say, at least for a period of time, around this point, that you know, sort of early mid nineties you could actually argue that Sonic was a more recognisable figure in the UK to both kids and parents than Mario was. That's how, mm. that's how strong the push was. Because he was, he was the sole sort of poster boy as well for the system in a large way. So yeah. everywhere you saw, anything that was to do with you know, Sega, you would see Sonic. Um, so I, I feel like you could probably ask people, uh, you know, sort of like from our generation or parents from our generation. Oh, like, do you remember Sonic? Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember Sonic. A little sort of blue hedgehog, you know, tapping his feet and all of that kind of stuff. I, I, I feel like there's still a lot of sort of like memories that are being held, you know, just from that one particular release. Because I wouldn't necessarily say there was anything distinct or huge about, say, Sonic 3 in comparison, or any of the mm-hmm. Sonic games that have come since. It That in particular was the big moment, I think, for sort of Sonic in sort of setting the legacy. Yes, like the crest of the wave, almost. Yeah, it was, absolutely. Yeah, it's the, it, it's the, it's the, 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 the sharpest tip of the whole Sonic situation. Like, great comparison to Pokemon. Hadn't even thought of it that way. But yeah, this is almost... Not nearly on the same level, remotely, but very identifiably the same situation where Sega were clearly doing everything they could to topple Mario. And I agree with you in the sense that there are, I'm sure, plenty of people out there at the time and because of it now uh, recognise more identifiable features in Sonic, like the tapping the feet, the, the music and that kind of stuff. Certainly, my parents could probably hum you the Sonic... Uh, title theme and probably not much else video game music but that might have more to do with the fact that I was constantly playing it admittedly 
Um, but there you go. And there's also, of course, I just want to shout out Sonic the Comic as well, which yes. was... Uh, yeah, I knew you'd like that, Steve. That was a big part of my growing up. Anyway, uh, Steve, what do you remember about Sonic Tuesday and the impact of Sonic at this period? Now, you see, uh, as I said, my memory's a little fuzzy of the era. Okay, well, I, I Sonic was everywhere on the playground. At that, at that time, that era, you had, like, the TV show, Sonic the Comic. Uh, even my mum remembers Sonic Tuesday, like, November 24th, <laughs> when I mentioned it to Netflix. It was on the TV all the time, Stephen, and stuff, whenever we bring up the hedgehog. <laughs> You know, it's, it's it's surreal because that I don't feel like... Obviously, there have been bigger games that have sold since. Like, you know, as much as we can turn around and say Sonic 2 is a cultural touchstone, and it is, you know, Call of Duty will have sold more than that by now. FIFA and all that, all that stuff will have sold more. But they don't have a day. Like, they don't have a marketable, solid day that people can go, yeah, November 24th, Sonic Tuesday. I think, like, only a handful of games get that. Even if it's, like, just a bit of PR, you know, fandangling and a bit of skill... Like, um, Mass Effect's got N7 Day. Uh, as Mario got one, is there a Super Mario Wednesday? I uh, mean, people look at March 10th, don't they, these days, and just go, it spells Mario. Yeah. That's <laughs> basically... <laughs> May the 4th be with you. But before all of that, you've got this. Mm. And that, that's that's crazy. Yeah, you, you've got merchandise. Like, I remember, I still have a motorbug at home, like, in, in my mother's house, I should say, that's like lost its two little claws but it's clearly motorboat from sonic one that i got from a, a um, mcdonald's happy meal like <laughs> there, there are bits of paraphernalia and stuff because it was everywhere i mean much like i suppose hello kitty and various other branded things slowly became so i feel like sonic was the first one that kind of culture shocked its way at that time especially in our youth um yes then, the tv show i think it was like UK. two or three wasn't there? There was, there yeah. was Adventures of the Sonic of Head, uh, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, and what, what was just called Sonic the Hedgehog, and it was always very confusing when both of them were on because one of them is a serious-ish, gritty seri- series about fighting against Robotnik, and the other one is basically a slapstick comedy akin to, I suppose, pre-Larval Le- SpongeBob. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see what you're saying. Definitely. Yeah. And then then came along Sonic Underground as well. Just... When they made a vow, <laughs> their mother will be found. <laughs> Good times. Uh, right, so let's let's circle round to the games then. Um, talking about just, I guess, basic gameplay stuff from classic Sonic, really, before we necessarily dig into what made Sonic 2 special. We've never talked about a platforming game like this on the show before, so it's a little bit tricky and a little bit weird. It's so hard to navigate as well because uh, three of us are very biased and one of us has never played it before. Um, so it's a weird thing indeed. And it almost feels like, compared to a lot of the other games that we talk about, like previously we just did Symphony of the Night, this is so much more straightforward. Um, so let's, yeah, just talk about, you know, the, the basics of Sonic. Uh, Steve, what is it about Sonic, the classic Sonic games, that's, you know, that drew you in, that sticks with you? Uh, it's easy it goes fast it's got banging music (laughs) and honestly it's just satisfying to get a platformer that's like in comparison to the Mario's of the time he was a little slow Sonic could be going through screens or rather moving the screen at such a rate it's blistering which technically means the game should probably be easier but it becomes like a almost a rhythm test like I distinctly remember trying to get decent high scores and getting through stages faster by getting their pitch perfect jumps because but each stage is basically what two or three routes depending on how you're doing you can get further down and the lower you get de- the more you fall down the stage generally the slower you're going to have to be a sonic but if you can keep timing your jumps banging off of badniks or doing like springs and stuff it became it becomes like essentially 
not QTEs, but it feels like you're getting the the exact like the term like a like a musical score, really. You know, finding mm. the perfect timing and getting through stages. That is a kind of ingrained. I mean, I'm not the best at Sonic out of my friend circle by a margin. I can't beat like stage one in like thirty seconds like some people can. But uh, yeah, that that level of finding pitch perfect rhythm was always a thing for me, and that's. Uh, it teaches less patience, which is probably not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. That's a, it's a good way to look at it. It's almost like a rhythm game, sort mm. of, to some extent. Um, I agree with you in that. Uh, the way that it controls... For me, Sonic was always kind of about smoothness. I mean, I guess momentum is the word everyone likes to use, which is fair. It makes sense. Uh, but there's a certain smoothness to the way that it controls... And also just the design in general. Like Mario, it's not all squares, block jokes aside. It is quite a blocky game. It's very specific and rigorous and it feels... I don't know if deliberate's the right word, but Sonic is just a bit more... There's slopes, kind of, there's loops, there's springs, right, there's incline, Exactly, inclines, declines, all the loops, all that stuff. Uh, it's even the character design is like an interesting set of shapes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, for something about Sonic that always just occurs to me is just yeah the, the round sort of rounded off edges, which is obviously a, a part of it. Jumping into a ball and spinning around in a ball. Uh, Jordan, what are your uh, sort of standout Sonic gameplay things that stick with you? Well, I think uh, uh, yeah, momentum is obviously the best word to describe what the Sonic game design philosophy is because it teaches you sort of the importance of continual progression you know constantly trying to maintain your speed trying to keep all of your your rings um trying to stay on the higher paths if you can and you don't learn that straight away um you kind of have to go through it and understand that there's there's points where suddenly Sonic isn't so fast and, you know, maybe there's some kind of incline that he's actually going to have to have a bit of a run-up to be able mm. to clear. But once you kind of go through that, you sort of understand, actually, no, I really want to keep my speed. Um, because when you do, you you really do feel like, you know, you're playing some kind of super character. Because, I mean, it, I think it shows very well in stuff like speed runs. And I think I can you can say that for any game series that it can always be well complemented by just how fantastic some of the speedrunners um, can sort of just <laughs> completely change a game and how it looks. But mm. even just in general, just a, a typical player can really feel like they're just blistering through what isn't even a very long level, um, you know, in, in most Sonic games, and just feel special. Because once you actually start sort of almost chaining a combo, as it were, sort of like, you know, getting that speed boost, being able to sort of use the momentum off a loop to then go up onto a higher path and, you know, chain that with bouncing off different enemies and stuff like that. You, you're like, wow, I'm just I'm cutting out so much of the level just by knowing when the right mm. split moment decisions need to be made in that. Um, and uh, I, I think it's... It's a strong formula, and I feel like there's still a lot of untapped potential with it as well. I mean, I, I loved what Sonic Mania did in, in coming back and sort of revitalizing 2D Sonic. But I would love to see Sega, you know, just full-on go back to 2D Sonic. 
in in much the same vein as Mania. Because I just think I think there is so much to level design that you can kind of you can get out of two D Sonic still. Um, mm. But then the only reason I think that it's maybe not necessarily came to be yet is because I think it probably is something that's quite hard to develop. Um, you know, we'll get into more about what Sonic Two did in terms of momentum and level design. But it is quite tricky to sort of get that balance just right. I feel like there's a lot of things that are just very finely tuned about a very good 2D Sonic game that that give you that kind of feeling. That give you that kind of feeling that, um, yeah, if I just if I practice this enough, it, I, I'm going to look like a badass. I'm going to be able to blaze <laughs> through these. But I, I feel like it's also it's a game series that you could necessarily sort of like hand to somebody who really doesn't play games. Like even now, like you can just be like, "Hey, take this controller, you know, just play Sonic." It's literally got one button for the action, and everything else is just, uh, you know, D-pad controls for the most part. And they'd get it because it's quite a sort of like, especially with Sonic Two, and you know, maybe maybe a bit more differently with sort of Sonic Three. There's a there's a staggered approach to the progression through the whole single player. You know, you'll have Act One, which will introduce you to the world, and you'll not have too many sort of pitfalls, you'll be able to clear it quite quickly. Then Act 2 you know, introduces some more pitfalls and a boss. And then when you go to the next world, it sort of starts again. It doesn't start like necessarily on one long sort of slope upwards. It sort mm. of has a staggering approach, which makes it kind of, it makes it easier to uh, be able to sort of digest as a game. Um, obviously, I, Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that because that sort of staggered approach... I always like that because it's like a little bit of a reward every time. Like you might yeah. have struggled with the previous act, but then you're on your next one. You, whether you've played it or not before, you might get through it and think, "Oh, actually, this is this is going okay." And then yeah. it gets hard again. And then yeah, so it's it's a nice little rotation. And that that I mean, it keeps it fresh because mm. you th- you never feel like you're too far away from actually being able to finally overcome that sort of difficulty curve. You you know you will hit a wall and you'll you know you'll try hard. But th- the thing is. It means that if you're going back maybe like six levels, by that point, you are already far more proficient than you were at the start of the game. And you'll start blazing through those early stages. And I think Sonic complements it a lot more in, in some respects than Mario does. Because Mario you know, has a lot of very thoughtful level design that requires you to stop, maybe have a little bit of sort of like patience. Uh, with with enemy placements or you know moving platforms and such, um, whereas Sonic is you know it, especially with Sonic Two, it's it's constantly enforcing keep moving, you know keep moving, and your reactions will get better. Like you mm. will start making those split decisions um, that that make the most sense, and you know you'll you'll suddenly realize, oh I'm getting time bonuses, I'm getting extra lives because I'm completing this so fast. So I think it's a very rewarding gameplay loop. And yeah, it, it, I just I, I could still see so many other 2D Sonic games. But will we get them? I just I don't know. Well, we've got Sonic Origins, but that was more like a compilation with a few extra bits. Yeah. Like for example, like, this game, Sonic 2 got an extra level, a old beta level put back in. Um so not necessarily the I'm best gonna, way to play. I'm gonna arm actually that that's from the mobile version of Sonic Two. Originally. Yeah, but that's still yeah. made from old junk data. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some definite tangents that I could absolutely go off from there, but 
Uh, Jordan, you said if you could ha- you could hand a controller to someone who's never played Sonic before, and they pretty much get it immediately. Well, that's lucky because that's exactly what I did a little while ago. Uh, Sherwin, when you put this through to Pile of Shame, you said I've never played a Sonic game before at all, so pick one. Uh, so I just picked Sonic Two because it is generally regarded as one of the better ones, and I think it's fair to say that Sonic One. Uh, I don't know if I'd say it's aged badly. But it's not necessarily the jumping on point that it should be when when you compare it to Sonic 2, which is a lot more fluid and feels like uh, the finished article. But that might be a whole other conversation. But how did you find the basic gameplay of Sonic anyway? Do you know, Sonic is... I mean, again, I'll, I'll, I'll generalise this. Feel free to change it due to my lack of experience with the, with the series. Sonic's kind of like TikTok. It's... <laughs> It's literally something which has made. It, it, it kind of condenses in an experience into a really sharp. You don't need any attention span whatsoever to play this thing. It's just going to be. It's all literally all killer, no filler to use marketing spiel. Just literally blast through. Speed, 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 speed. Jump. Don't pay attention to the background. Don't do anything. Just keep on running. Keep on going. Keep on going. Like music is just pumping. Like the beat is constant. Kind of. Just drive, drive forward. Don't think about anything else. What's really interesting, and I have to obviously compare that to... There's a couple of things which are interesting there. The first one is obviously, yeah, compare that to Mario. Nintendo sat down with Mario and spent a very long time trying to make sure Mario's jump was perfect. That he spends enough time in the air, that when it has the right physics, so that when you jump, it feels... Yeah, you know, the way that you push the button feels satisfying. The way that he lands is predictable. Kind of, you know, the skid at the end, the animation, everything else. Sonic, that's like a half a second, boom, boom, boom. No fault to it at all, because you are spend half the time flying through the air as a ball, or just running, and you're not even paying attention to what the hell's going on. Very, very different ethos on what this is. Um, yeah, which again, at the time, I can see exactly why that was popular, or exactly why people liked it. It's exactly the same reason that. You know, people now kind of just can't look away from their phones or whatever else or scroll through social media feeds. It's because you don't need any attention spans eroding it away. It's blasting through, just constantly keeping you engaged. That in itself is kind of interesting that Sega either accidentally or intentionally hit that and really managed to exploit it with what this game was. The other point, um, which is really interesting about what I've played of Sonic 2, which is quite a big chunk of it now, is I got lost. Like on the levels, I just it's it's really interesting having never played the game before. Just how much level design was so different for what this game was. Yeah, the different paths, as you guys say, like you know, you've got. I think you said bottom, middle, and, and higher, whatever. Or the higher you get, the faster the level will be. That sort of stuff. Really interesting. Generally, yeah, it's um, really it, interesting. Yeah, because normally you have a linear path you're going through. Yeah, you might like. I don't know, be Mario, fly up to the top of the level or you know, go up top of a beanstalk and get to run through the clouds for a short section. But ultimately, you drop mm. it down to the bottom again so then that way you can finish the level to jump on that flag or smash the block that's changing through items or whatever else. Sonic, you're all over the show. Literally, you're just running here, there and everywhere. I remember sitting there and playing it with you, Sai, obviously, and going, am I even getting anywhere? And then like, you kind of shake your head at me when I die and pass it over to you. And you take a completely different route, finish the level in half the time, and I'm like, wow, like, that's that's the Sonic experience. Like, it's it's interesting that that at the same time you are gelling something which is all about reducing down, um, reducing effectively like 
speeding up the way that you play the game in so many ways you're sort of bullet pointing it almost blasting through mm. you know need for speed but then at the same time introducing a non-linear level which is kind of all over the place but at the same time seems to work is that because you don't need to pay attention to where you're going as long as you keep driving ever rightwards is that because they wanted to create something where it's got replayability you know and you can kind of explore in different ways lots of different things there i don't know the answer to it but that was in itself fascinating to see um that and the really weird narrative to this game um i have no idea why sonic and this is possibly going away from this but i have no idea why sonic is destroying all these poor animals and they're piloting the machines they're piloting um and then killing the guy <laughs> trying to protect them sonic isn't a good guy obviously <laughs> as far as i can tell uh steve do you want to touch the story point because I... I i just wanted to yeah that there's a the, the whole concept is that basically the evil dr eggman slash ivo robotnik has taken all of uh well a lot of sonic's friends stuffed them in these machines against their will to basically build eggman land a casino style thing or the death egg depending on which game we're on it's either Death Egg or Eggman Land, at least in the old one games. And Sonic's like, oh, mate, no, uh, let's uh, let's have a word about that in our usual fashion, which involves get running get, down... Get a rowdy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then kick the living daylights out of him some way, shape, or forms. You know, it's, it's not, I mean, obviously, this isn't exact one-to-one what's written in the manual, but basically, <laughs> Eggman done a bad, Sonic not happy about it, going to go messy more. So why are the small animals piloting machines that are trying to defeat Sonic? Cheaper than batteries, apparently. But so are they just like trapped in there, and they are the power source and the machine. Yeah, they're, they're basically you know, yeah. I think they're like subjected as sort of. I guess they're like piloting the things. I don't That's really know. I mean, it's sort of no, 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 they're definitely not like piloting. They're them. not in control, are they? I no, because like the, the end of most stages ends with like a capture pod filled with the poor things. Like they're, they're it's against their will. It's not consensual. It feels <laughs> kind of dark. That, you know, yeah, being used as an alternate power source. It's especially in stages like I mean, I don't think there's any in Sonic Two, but stages where you break that capsule, particularly near a pool of lava or something, and then see all these recently <laughs> released flicky birds, then descend straight into it, like you're not really the uh, humanitarian uh, animal lover you say you are, Mister T Hedgehog. Well, this is my point. Are you sure that he's not the bad guy? Like, like sending all these things to their death. Like they're escaped yeah, we... inside this pod. They're trying to get away from like Sonic, who's coming towards them. And then literally all these brave animal soldiers are trying to fight Sonic off that he's destroying as he goes after them. And then eventually, at the end of the game, they're flying away to the new planet as the old planet is destroyed around them all. And Sonic still can't give it up and is chasing them down, destroying them all. <laughs> we were, I remember specifically when we were playing Sky Chase, uh, we're a bunch of flying enemies and you take them out. And, and, and yeah, as you said, Steve... Animals just pop out and just fall just to their doom, I guess. They're not all birds, are they? There's like little turtles. Turtles that just fall out of the sky, which is a little odd, admittedly. I'm not sure Sonic is the good guy in this, you know. I think it's all (laughs) just, you know, it's a bit like that guy said in Rocky. It's, you know, it's a vile. uh, I can't remember the quote now. I've said it obviously live on air. What was it? It's something like a uh, vile propagandist machine or something, rather. Like, you know, that's what it is. I also. I'm interested in... We're getting way off task. Uh, Steve, your use of friends, Sonic's friends, these animals, which conjures up some weird sort of Goofy and Pluto situation where he's a you know bipedal, he's able to talk, and he's blue for some reason, and all the rest of them are just regular animals, poor 
stupid pet creatures. Uh, which, but there you go. Sonic World is bizarre like that. And more specifically, yeah. like Flicky was a Sega character before <laughs> Sonic, right? right? Yeah, so yeah. it's just, I mean, really, they should have just pushed this a bit further. Like, rather than just Flicky, it's like a bunch of other forgotten Sega characters that <laughs> tried to become the poster boy before Sonic did. You just open up the canister and a bunch of Alex kids run out. They're like <laughs> squinting, they haven't seen daylight in years. Yeah. Is this Miracle World? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Miracle World was over, this is the new hotness. Sonic yeah. sees Alex kid just kicks him in the lava. <laughs> yeah. You're not coming back. Yeah. This is why Tails can fly, because it you know, that's the only way he could survive. Um, just uh, any any explanation? Off. Sure. Do you want to give us any sort of like explanation for why Tails has got two tails? I mean, obviously, I'm guessing Sonic just grafted a new one to him. Um, <laughs> of course, he did. But it's more so much. Tails is like some hobo that just follows that just kind of follows Sonic around like a bad smell. There's not really any logic to it, is there? He's his friend who was saved by Sonic because bullies are bad. Sonic stopped them being bullied, and now he's his best friend. Oh, oh. he's got Stockholm Syndrome. One of the two. Like, <laughs> all, I know, all I know about Sonic's characters is that Knuckles is cooler, by far. Correct. And that's all I can say. Right, so talking about gameplay, that's what we were doing. Um, 
jump run. Who wants to say? Who wants to pick it up next? Sort of maybe talking about some specific stuff that Sonic Two does better. Spin you know, because I dash. Right, I I kind of kicked Sonic One there, which is very I I think is quite easy to do. Uh, but yeah, Steve, take us away. Let's talk about the spin dash. Okay, now I, I, I'm one of these people who actually think Sonic One is still a valid and good game. Just 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 so we're all, all on a uh, on yeah. the same. I think pedestal. it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know the uh, the evolution of Sonic Two in the very there's two main things that added Sonic 2's like repertoire. Uh, one is the spin dash, which basically means that you crash down and build up momentum and launch yourself off like a cannon shot. It's fantastic. And the, the general purpose of this is obviously if you're not necessarily the best or you're just trying to keep a bit of momentum, you can just keep boosting Sonic speed as you go. And the other one is a big secret mechanic. I don't know if we're going to talk about yet. Or are we talking about it? I mean, spoilers are probably a little bit out now. Oh, uh, yeah. So. You know, it, it, this is the evolution of uh, Psyche as a character. He gets his own super form in this game, uh, which adds an entire new mechanic. If you beat the special stages, which play differently to the normal stages, you get basically a Chaos Emerald, which is the MacGuffin of the day in the Sonic universe. You get all of them. He then gets a Super Saiyan form, which means you're indestructible, move at maximum speed, and your rings slowly start to drain, which is Pretty badass. Uh, awesome. You know. Just, just quickly, Chaos Emerald. Like, if we're looking at Warhammer terms, he's literally one of the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing that out there. The, the reinforcement oh. is still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's trying to get them back from the evil Doctor Eggman. He's, he's reappropriating them from this, uh, this apparently industrial philanthropist in your eyes. Do, do, do you know, like, <laughs> do, do you know that bit? in Superman where he gets the crypts and he goes oh fantastic now I've got this I can save the world doesn't happen it doesn't work that way Steve you can't use that fire, fire with fire Sonic's uh, evil just deal with it oh dear but both now. of those things you mentioned Steve play into something uh, the Sonic 2 does better over the first one which and again we talked about it sort of the way that the game feels it's all about that momentum. Like Sonic's top speed is massively increased in Sonic 2. And more important than that is that Sonic 1 is kind of locked to the center of the screen. Which, yes, he is. Uh, from a player perspective, makes a hell of a lot of difference in terms of how fast you feel like the game is moving. Well, you know, how fast it is moving regardless. Having Sonic just kind of stuck in the middle... It felt good at the time, but then compared to Sonic 2, where you can absolutely break out with that and the screen can't keep up with you, which is most of the time when you're supersonic as well, which adds like a whole other layer, level of like precariousness to it. Uh, because supersonic can still die if you drop off of a big cliff or drown or get crushed or whatever. Um, so, yeah, being able to... And that's something that's almost immediately... It certainly happens in Chemical Plant Zone if you don't put it off before there. There's enough loops and stuff to bring up that speed where suddenly, uh, yeah, this amazing moment when you're a kid and you're like, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm breaking the game a little bit. It's going to come uh, out the Jordan, TV. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm flying out the side. <laughs> Jordan, how do you feel about the increase in speed in Sonic 2 in the way that they did that? Yeah, I mean, it is it is faster than, than Sonic 1. Um but I, I didn't feel like the level design had to be dumbed down or anything like that to accommodate it. Uh, Sonic 1, yeah, it's, it's, it's a perfectly good game. It's great. Um, I still have a lot of fun with Sonic 1, but I, I think that because there is a lot of sort of stop and start nature to Sonic 1, because it wasn't quite sure 
how much it was going to lean into speed, you know, sort of as its sort of its its main philosophy. Uh, you you have something that's more closer to a traditional uh, experience where Sonic Two just decides, no, we we absolutely need to mm. lean into this momentum. We need to get from A to B in as little time as possible and ramp up the pitfalls that you know gauge your reactions to things instead your reaction speed and your reflexes um so there are still a lot of moments which will stop you dead there's lots of points where you'll just completely sap out your momentum and especially in certain worlds uh you know falling to sort of like the lower path is really harsh like to the to the point where sometimes you might just want to restart the level um, but it doesn't necessarily feel like uh, a, a slog or anything like that, uh, and it doesn't feel cheap either. I, I I I feel like the pitfalls or the stoppers are sort of they're far enough out that you kind of have to be doing quite bad in the level to really you know pick up on them. Uh, but they're there just to sort of remind you that you you do have to be you know cautious and have to really sort of actually think about how you're sort of approaching each level and which which path you're actually going to choose to take and whether or not you keep up that kind of momentum and that. So o overall, I think it is quite a marked improvement over Sonic 1 in relation to being a Sonic game. And, I mean, look, I have played Sonic 3. Uh, for a long time, I actually just kind of just avoided Sonic 3 because I kind of saw it and I was like, why does Sonic look different? Why is it now two games? And, you know, I was just stropping at it. But I have since played Sonic 3 Complete, so I've seen what was in effect the sort of the vision that Sega had, and boy, was it an ambitious vision. It's a very big game. Maybe a little bit too long in some respects. I feel like Sonic 2 is quite balanced in that respect. It's, mm. it's not necessarily a long game. Oh, you can sort of blitz through it once you know it. Um... But I think it's got the balance just right for an experience. Um, in fact, like the the variety in this game is just superb. Like the amount of unique enemies per world uh, mm. is is fantastic. It it's, it's got the kind of confidence to chuck out the kind of level design that it has, the the kind of the backdrops and the enemy types, and then change it up within within two stages. And just say, well, enough of that. Now we're chucking something else at you. And you, yeah. you might just like see some of these enemies for a glimpse, because some of them are maybe only on particular paths and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's sort of densely packed with lots of sort of great design, which can in some ways go a little bit under underappreciated, just because you you can easily miss it. But it is there, and yeah, just overall the variety is great. The uh, Robotnik. Boss fights are, are always fun. There's always something slightly different. Albeit, you know, some of them are a little bit easier to cheese. But I like, you know, it's always look forward to sort of like finishing that act too. And it's like, right, here you go. You know, are you, are you going to be able to beat this one? I mean, I got stuck on uh, Casino Night Robotnik as a kid for mm. a very long time. I just could not manage to beat him. Um, but every every single one of them is is quite thoughtful. Um, it's not like you're gaining any new abilities stage per stage. So 
it, it only has really sort of a limited amount of abilities or tricks uh, that it can sort of coax out of you in order to be able to sort of take down Robotnik in a different kind of way. And But it's, it's really effective. It's, I think, pretty well paced. Like, it, it, it doesn't feel like it sort of drops at any point. And, you know, short games can. Uh, but no, it, it seems to constantly keep you moving, constantly keep you showing you new things. So it never feels a slog. Even if you end up being stuck on one particular stage for a long time, which may not be the case, you know, if you're growing up playing this, but certainly as a kid. Ooh, chemical plant zone. <laughs> the trauma of chemical plant zone. <laughs> stuck on that for a whole night. Um, it never gets It never gets boring, because it's always got just a big box of tricks to, to throw at you. Um, so, yeah, uh, I still I still kind of prefer this overall as sort of the best balanced, like, Sonic game. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's the one which I always end up coming back to for that. Mm. What would you what would you say about the bonus stage in this game? Maybe compared to the oh, other sixteen good... bit Sonic games. Yeah, that's a good place to start um, in terms of breaking down little bits and pieces. Uh, I, again, with so many things in this game, though, I have a lot of nostalgia for the Sonic Two variation. Um, there are there are some things I like about the Sonic Three special stages, but this is a marked improvement over the first one. I I hated the first Sonic special stages where you were sort of just floating around a, a shape, playing the worst game of pinball without flippers and just hoping for the best. I still I can't do it for love nor money. Still, uh, whereas Sonic Two, I at least feel like I'm <laughs> attempting to achieve something. Sonic One is just kind of like, well, I'll see what happens. I feel like I've got no control over this situation. At least Sonic 2 actually feels like I'm playing something. And also, very clearly, just a big middle finger to Mode 7 as well. <laughs> it's like we can, do, we can do scrolling sprite sizes as well, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I, I quite like it. The music will pop in my head every now and then, as most of the soundtrack will. Uh, but I'm a fan. Steve, how do you feel about the special stage? Honestly, like, I, I feel you. Like, you know, Sonic 1 special stages were kind of rubbish. Uh, so rubbish they came back for Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Cheers. And uh, Sonic 2s, <laughs> I think, are a bit more unique. I I don't like playing them, but I can appreciate <laughs> that they are more skill-based than what came before. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm more of a fan of the logic stuff of the Blue Sphere stuff in Sonic 3. Uh, but yeah. yeah, this in general, like you can get what it's about. You understand the concept: dodge stuff, pick up rings, get you know, get the Chaos Emerald, and it looks really nice. I uh, I think they it, it, uh, I saw something about this a, a while back, but it's like they rendered the whole thing out in three D and then drew it frame by frame or something to that effect. So it's not it's literally not Mode Seven. It's basically that anim- an animate an animatic. Makes sense. Yeah, I can see the logic behind that. I could totally believe that. It definitely is. It definitely is aged. Sort of like if you sort of put it on a LCD with emulation. But if you mm. like see it on a CRT back in the day, it, it yeah. did sort of blend really well. Um, mm. But yeah. Yeah, Sherwin, Did you? What do you think of the special stages? If you, I assume uh, you saw them at least a little. Only a fraction. Not really enough to pass comment. Um, I'm Fair. just going to say Sonic the Chaos Warrior and move on. <laughs> uh, I'm, quite, I'm quite pleased with that you've summed it up very well for me thank you Steve <laughs> uh, okay well the other thing that you certainly mentioned Jordan I want to dig into is boss fights absolutely um, yeah really I, I get, not to make this a Mario versus Sonic podcast but yeah follow that to be honest like there's so much more interesting to me 
than a lot of the Mario fights of the time. And of course, I, is this game after Super Mario World or before? When did Super Mario World come out? 1990. Um, right, okay. This is 92. Oh, okay, so, it, so it's after. That's quite interesting. Uh, I still think it's probably better in terms of design. Some of the stuff in this is really cool. And like you, Jordan, there was someone here that I really, really struggled with. Casino Night being, uh, being one of them, certainly. And now, I think they're all just a little bit too easy. But I, uh, again, coming I from I think the that's nostalgia talking, isn't it? Surely. I think, I think yeah, it's because I've played them so many times that I know the easiest way to take them all down pretty much. <laughs> Do you have a favourite? pretty easy to me. Uh, I don't... I really like the design of Aquatic Ruins boss fight, Same. even if it is the most easy to mess with, where you can literally just stand where the pillars grow upwards and just stay at the top and just hit it until he's done. You don't have to worry about climbing them at all as long as you stay in the right place. Uh, but I really I really like that as a design. Um, Steve, any standout bosses for you? I, before we we'll talk about attack, before I talk about my preferred bosses, I just want to like, you know, as a Sonic fan more than the Mario fan, I want to just you know take take a hand across the aisle a bit. I, I feel like Sonic Sonic has better bosses, but Mario has like dedicated stages leading up to them that make up for it. Yeah, so- yeah. Mario's bosses yeah are that's bit, fair. You know, what's the term? Samey, module is this just like chuck a dude in lava, whereas mm-hmm. Sonic has a whole like just a boss fight in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, as for favorite boss fight for me, it's got to be Metal Sonic and uh, Big Egg Robo at the end. Like, or um, in fact, uh, Wing Fortress's Laser Beam. I think it, it's a nice subversion that you really can't do anything about it. You have to survive. You know, <laughs> as opposed. Yeah, to- when I said the boss fights are easy, that was the one I didn't mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sub that one. <laughs> Tell you what, having Whereas- Super Sonic is such a poison chalice when you're going into that boss stage because it's like <laughs> I. Great, I'm no longer Super Sonic, and I don't have any. I don't have any rings. Great. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> but then, uh, show any boss fights to stand out to you? Uh, casino. Um, but yeah. Super super interesting um, to super interesting to know that this came out post Mario World because mm. um, it it didn't feel it. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is. I don't know. It, you're right. The Mario bosses at the, at the time were not terribly inspired. Like they they did ultimately, with perhaps the exception of something like Mario Two, which wasn't really a Mario game as we all know. Mm-hmm. They were generally tended to be very very formulaic and very much the same thing. Uh, and in this respect, much like a lot of things with Sonic, it's just reflecting. Well, you guys gush over this game. There's a lot of you can tell. There's a lot of design decision went into this. There's at every stage you can imagine a room full of people turning around and right. What are we trying to achieve with this? Or what's happening here or here or here? Mario's philosophy tends to be more of a rinse, repeat, do it again, do it again, do it again, with some subtle variation and like a different skin on it, so it feels different. This is Sonic is everything is an adventure. Everything tries to be different. Everything tries to be new and an experience, and that really translates into the boss fights. Mm. You know, whether you feel they're too simple, whether they're something where you can exploit them, yeah, you know, whether that's intentional or not, and so forth, all of that is effectively immaterial. It's it's something where the fact that they put so much effort into it is just solid. Yeah, and best that's probably the most concise way to say it, really. Agreed. Um, 
Unless anyone else has any more boss points, there is also something else that we definitely need to shout out that Sonic 2 uh, pioneered. Which is uh, the way that it handled multiplayer is another way that it looked yeah. at Mario Brothers and went, ah, well, we can do that, but better. Um, and Mario Brothers is a, all of them, uh, including Mario World. I love playing Mario World 2 player, but you are just waiting for the other player to die, essentially, for you to take your turn. Whereas uh, Sonic 2 has a couple of different approaches. Uh, you have your little brother mode, as it's sometimes called, where you one player plays the campaign and the other player can just plug another controller in and attempt to play Tails. And there's no real issue with it. You can't keep up with Sonic, but you're also not punished for playing badly or for not keeping up and that kind of thing. So hence little brother mode. It's just plug a controller in, press a bunch of buttons and feel like you're achieving something. And sometimes you are, and most of the time not so much because you can't keep up. But I think more important than that is the two-player race mode. Uh, split screen almost did not exist at this point like this. Uh, for a game to be able to render a level with two fixed camera... Well, not even fixed camera points. Two camera points that follow two different characters uh, is was kind of a marvel of technology. It looks squished in retrospect and pretty terrible, but... Uh, it's a feat of design, quite honestly. Uh, Jordan, you you went yes as soon as I said multiplayer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was um, that was the big draw, I think, as well. For when we got the Mega Drive, was that I'm pretty sure it came with two controllers. If not, we, yeah, I think we so, yeah. picked up like a third party controller or something like that. But it was actually one of the games that I played with my sister because you know she's never really been much of a gamer. But like at that point in time, as I say, new thing in the house. Let's all have a go on it. And uh, once we found out that Sonic 2 does have a multiplayer, uh, it was great. Like, um, yeah, I think I think we tried pretty much all the modes, including sort of like, you know, playing as Tails and that. Um, but it was those split-screen modes that were sort of like really exciting. And I, I mean, I love the fact that they give them whole new sound soundtracks as well. Yes, like you go right, to different yeah. stages and you get different songs compared to what you would in the single player, which is, is great. But the... Um, the, the sort of the strongest memory I have is because I, I can't remember if it's I think you have to like clear three different stages and then I think you go into the bonus stage and there is some I think there's some kind of versus element where you can score more points than the other person or something something like that and it does it in rounds um, but I'm a little bit foggy on that but I just know that sort of the mm -hmm. finale is the is the actual bonus stage um, again mm -hmm. and <laughs> Play like it's already a bit of a nerve-wracking bonus stage. Um, I mean, I do. I think I do prefer Sonic Sonic 3's, uh, you know, Blue Spheres because again, it is it is quite clever. Um, but Sonic 2's bonus stage is just it's a bit nerve-wracking once the sort of the array of bombs starts kind of coming around the corner, and you've got those you know split split second decisions of you know which way you're gonna you know run to or jump. Mm -hmm. Playing that in two-player. Is even more fun. Like we would, we would freak out. Like we're trying to catch as many coins and that, while not getting hit by the bombs. It was, it was brilliant. It was really cool. Um, and they just chucked that in, just as sort of like an extra mode. I don't even think it's really, it's not even really sort of advertised on the box. It's just, it's just a thing. It's kind of like, hey, yeah, it's a, it's a bonus thing if you like, uh, mm. try it out. But yeah, I mean, I probably. Because I, I I could never really get the far that far in the game, because I would always get you know get tripped up in Casino Night, 
but I probably played multiplayer with my sister about as much as I played the single player, you know, just on its own. So, <laughs> yeah, super fun, despite the fact that it's only, like, three or four stages, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it. I haven't played it in a while, to be honest, but you talking about doing multiplayer on the bonus stage brings back so many memories of the fact that if you jump it kind of alternates who's the player in front of the other so you're both going around all these turns just both jumping trying to get in front of each other which inevitably means you wind up crashing into a mine or whatever because (laughs) better you than me yeah exactly so yes chaos absolutely ensued uh steve any memories of the multiplayer portion uh, honestly, it was appreciated appreciated at the time, but uh, we normally would play something like Streets of Rage or Street Fighter for us to play yeah, with fair. friends. Like you know, it's uh, the race is something we do to very mix things up. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, when we were playing Sonic Two with friends around, it would just be a pass the pad per level kind of affair, which is not not in the spirit the game was intended. True, but it's just the way it worked for us. That's fair. Uh, all right, let's let's move ahead to the visual design of Sonic 2. Any thoughts on the way that the game looks? Uh, Sherwin, what do you make of Sonic's look and Sonic 2's visuals? It's got its own style. Like Again, so much of this era was defined by this idea of it was Nintendo versus Sega, wasn't it? Like mm. That was the talk of any playground ever, um, or every playground ever, I should say, and that was that was always something which... Yeah, you couldn't say one without saying the name of the other one. You know, shortly thereafter, it had its own look. It had its own feel. Um, it looks polished. Um, you know, it, there's nothing else to say about that really. It's just much like with all all things. I think the reason one of the things that I realised just taking in the experience of what Sonic Two was is just how polished the whole thing felt. Mm. Like it, it it's. Yeah, whether you're looking at, despite what I was saying in terms of you know the sprawling levels, they don't feel unfinished. They don't feel kind of messy. They just feel slightly convoluted. But again, there's it doesn't necessarily feel bad. There's an in, there's an interesting thing there, and I think the same is true of the, in terms of the visuals. Like they, it just it feels like what you would have as like your flagship release. Uh, for your console, it feels yeah. like what you would have as as that this is the game that comes with our console. This is the game that we want you to play first to get an idea of what this game does. Um, you know, as in it, it's just kind of like the the benchmark for everything else. And I think that's probably the nicest way to say. No, I haven't really looked at you know Sonic One to see how much of a step up it was, or Sonic Three to see how much you know where they went with after this. Um, my only touch points of either of those two things is. Is kind of looking at some visuals from the time of like promotional material, that sort of stuff. So mm. perhaps it might be an idea to sort of step to you guys and then you can carry on with that train of thought. Something that I really appreciate about Sonic 2, um, and maybe it's in retrospect so much, is aside from the polish, is the fact that they just didn't do all the obvious tropes. And again, mm. maybe they're only tropes in hindsight, maybe. Uh, you know, fire level, ice level, and stuff right. weren't as obvious then as they are now. Sorry, Steve, go on. No, no, no. This is exactly what I was going to go into, so I just thought I was agreeing with you. Oh, <laughs> mm. uh, well, yeah. It's, you know, we mentioned Sonic doing Knuckles briefly, Jordan. Uh, I think, in terms of best game in the 2D series, I think it might well be Sonic 3 and Knuckles, but it does have fire level is volcano. Ice level is Chili Mountain, and 
to a lesser extent, I suppose, Tropical Island. It does also have plenty of its other weird own stuff. Uh, but Sonic 2, the fire level in that in this game is at least more interesting. It's a sort of mountainside that's falling apart. It has factories and casinos. It has an oil rig. Like, what other yeah. platform <laughs> game ever, I think, has, have a, has an oil rig level? Uh, it has a... <laughs> Mystic Cave is so weird. Like, this purple and green cave system is just bizarre. Uh, and I lo- love that. Um, it's, it's not a slight on any other games as well, because plenty of games were figuring out the way levels should and can look for them. Um, but at the very least, I'm glad that Sonic really hasn't ever, and only only three and knuckles sometimes, gone for that's the the grass, the fire, the water, and the ice, and the you know just like really obvious stuff. Like I'm really glad that they put some weird, <laughs> some weird thought into the level choices for this game. Definitely, um, and yeah, they all look amazing. To be honest, I mean for 2D. Platformers of the era, size right, you know, the, 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 the four avatar elements of earth, wind, air and fire are all uh, are all normally very tropey. And then we've got Sonic, which comes around with like urbane science fiction-y environments, machines. Mm. I think yeah. the, closest, the closest we get to fantasy is probably what, Aquatic Ruin, which is it's fine, it's my least favourite zone, so we'll skip that anyway. Same. <laughs> Undermines my point. Uh, you know, it's... <laughs> Generally speaking, like I think this is something for the whole series. I mean, even Sonic Mania goes as far as like it's got like a press, yeah, like a, what is it? it's called press garden where it's like press starts garden. as a yeah newspaper factory that becomes like a uh, Japanese uh, Sakura garden. It's uh, yeah, they, they, they know how they know how to make a unconventional fun stage, and mm. uh, definitely starts I feel with this one because in Sonic One they were a lot more blocky, like just variations on color. There were some uniqueness, but then you know. You've got like Spring Yard Zone and Marble Zone, which feel like recolors of each other. Um, whereas this one, I think the only one you could argue is a recolor is Hilltop Zone, uh, was because it was at one point in development it was going to be the future or past of Emerald Hill, but that's that's a story for another time. <laughs> uh, you know, generally speaking, they all have their own unique identity, unique bad nicks, obviously a unique boss fight, and uh, not to mention a soundtrack that I think normally nails the tone. Would we agree mm. that most tracks match the tone? Like the um, Death Egg probably is the creepy one, as its mm. final boss in space. Misunderstood Egg. <laughs> misunderstood Egg. I mean, I don't know. You could put it. It's like the Death Star. Is that a misunderstood weapon of the Empire? Or we got escape? Is it escape pod? Uh, uh, okay. I mean, the Death Star is the Death Star. Eggman did nothing wrong. That's how we take. We'll get into the music later, but uh, if there is one level that probably has music that seems sort of in contrast to it, it probably is Mystic Cave Zone, because the multiplayer theme for it probably fits it better, but Mystic Cave Zone's like a ri- like main theme is just so popping. Like, <laughs> it, it, it just seems so weird. It's so like, oh, it's, it's, I'm pretty we're having like a funky evil. rave in the middle of this, yeah. you know, well, mine. It's, pur- it's weird. Purple and green mine because it's having a great time. Yeah, took a bunch <laughs> of mushrooms in the game. <laughs> badly resisting the urge to acapella it now, like you know. <laughs> exactly, but you can do that with but so badly many. Badly resisting the urge fails as soon as he says it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that is that. I mean, we are. It's, sliding into audio quickly obviously 
yeah, I mean, it's top to bottom. Flawless, this soundtrack. For me, uh, I said at the top of the show, I love the Mega Drive sound chip, and that started here, my infatuation with it. Mystic Cave, all I've put, is an all-time great. See also, Casino, Chemical Plant. It's really hard to say anything other than it's just top to bottom great. No tracks quite as mainstream as Green Hill Zone from Sonic 1, but this is overall, I think, a better soundtrack than the first game for me. And yeah, shout out to the two-player race mode. Despite the fact that they are the same levels, they all get unique themes. That's uh, really, really cool. Uh, Jordan, standout music tracks and music in general. and I mean, even the sound effects are iconic, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, will, never for, I will never forgive the terror of the coin loss sound effect. I think it's... I think it's <laughs> Like it's it's bone chilling. It's it's probably the most bone chilling sound effect you can hear in a video game because you know you've just lost it all, and it's like oh you're not you're not dead. It's worse. You're poor. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't you can't afford anything now, Sonic. Come on. But uh, you ain't gonna have those chili dogs. Come on. Um, but the music makes up for it absolutely. Uh, I mean. <sighs> This, this is the thing with Sonic. It's always had killer music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's always been the case where it's sort of like, ah, oh, would you rather have, you know, uh, the back catalogue of Sonic or Mario? Sonic. Would you rather have the back catalogue of Sonic and Final Fantasy? Sonic. It, it, it always sort of. I always pick that because it's just, they can, it can be so different and eclectic and funky and incredibly memorable. Like, everybody has a Sonic theme that they can just sort of pick out and, you know, as Steve so beautifully, you know, rendered for us, just just sort of go into an acapella of it. Um, They're real earworms. And so it it is hard to sort of pick out uh, particular sort of favourites. But, you know, if I was picking out my favourites from Sonic 2, I would probably say Mystic Cave Zone, uh, Metropolis Zone, and Aquatic Ruin Zone, even though the stage is torture to sometimes get through the the theme itself is is grand and um yeah there's just there's nothing misses in this soundtrack i know that for this whole podcast i've just been it's just been a big loving for sonic 2 from from my end but seriously i mean if 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 this is something that could be you know agreed on quite widely it would be that there are some great songs out of this you know sonic sonic 1 was already quite uh, an iconic video game soundtrack Lots of memorable themes. And, you know, you had Masato Nakamura come back and hit it out of the park again and improve on it. Um, I, I do think that the the only one that maybe is a little bit weak is, is Emerald Hill just because of the fact that it is, you know, it, it is going to be in contrast to Green Hill. But mm. it's still fantastic. I still remember it. It's still sort of... That's still my Sonic theme in a way. That My opening Sonic theme. Mm. Um, but... Yeah, it's just hit after hit after hit. Yes, absolutely. And also, Steve, you said Death Egg. Like, you hear that piece of music, really, if you just play playing the game for playing the game, for seconds. Uh, and I know it's a really short loop, but it's so good considering it's like, oh, it's, you hear it momentarily, but it's amazing. It's setting that mood. Early of the Beast yeah, sort of, kind of thing. Yeah, and it's all it got such a weird, horrible, like, space horror sound to it almost. Uh, 
yeah, super cool. In terms of terrifying, it's not just the ring lost sound, of course. We have to give a shout out to the drowning piece of music, <laughs> which is a meme at this point, really, isn't it? The, the, the drowning countdown, um, which is probably one of many reasons why, and I'm sure everyone can relate to this who's listening to this Sonic podcast on a Resident Evil podcast. Uh, I wasn't the kid at school that everyone spoke to, uh, but when they needed Sonic 2 beaten, they came to me. I had so many people come to me and be like, how do I get out of level four? And I'm sitting there like, um, actually, it's Chemical Plant's own act two. Um, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I can't get out of the bit with all the horrible purple water. I don't really have a good answer to them other than get good, I guess, because it's, it's it's just a platforming challenge. Just You just have to do it. I can't tell you how to beat you. Uh, but here's the level... But unless you want the level select code, in which case I know it off the top of my head, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I think they were driven by that fear of the drowning song before you uh, uh, escape from that part in Chemical Plant. Uh, Steve, standout tracks for you? My ringtone for the past seven to eight years has been Chemical Plant Zone. Nice. Uh, I am one of these people who really has no issue with the soundtrack at all. Like I, I Emerald Hill, Green uh, Emerald Hill versus Green Hill. I actually prefer Emerald Hill because it feels like, and we're back. Let's go. You know, it's uh, yeah, yeah. It feels very much in the vein of we're back with another album. Um, mm. Chemical Plant is my personal favourite uh, for obvious reasons. It's been my to for a million years. Other than that, you know, the atmosphere of Mystic Cave is great. Metropolis Zone is great. Uh, Death Egg still creeps me out, as size already pointed out. You know, honestly, there are flaws. Like I still think, again, Aquatic Ruin bit mid, but the whole stage is a bit mid. I would chop that out, irrespective of everything else. I think it's the one, like it's the Marble Zone of uh, Sonic Two for me. I know people have redeemed Marble Zone in, in recent years in the Sonic community, but Aquatic Ruin is is rubbish. Don't like it musically or aesthetically. Um, <laughs> wow. Sorry, it's opinions. We all have different ones. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, but other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm very biased and uh, intellectual on this. It's very good for me ears. <laughs> uh, Showman, what did you make of Sonic 2's sound design? See, I approach this from a very different perspective you guys. I haven't got nostalgia fueling it. Uh, mm. I will say it's, it's an awesome soundtrack, as in it fits the game extremely well. Uh, you know, It is something where... It accompanies the levels, which is always good design, right? Where it's uh, an accompaniment versus just being something which is just in the background or or running at the same time. Um, Misunderstood Egg uh, was the sound out for me. Um, <laughs> just enjoyed that. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, there's it's just I I don't know. I I personally I'm gonna go back and listen to it time and time again. I think nostalgia is normally what drives people with that particular thing, unless it's mm. a really amazing standout piece of uh, you know, arrangement or whatever else. But at the same time, I'm certainly not saying anything bad. For me, this is probably the best part of the game. Yeah, that's. I think, honestly, that is fair from numerous perspectives in terms of what's held up the most, sort of the longest, and what is just immediately accessible. I, I think anyone who plays Sonic 2, even if you don't like the way that the game plays... You'd be hard pressed to find someone who would go, and the soundtrack's absolutely rubbish. Like that is nonsense. Um, I agree, Jordan, in the sense that Sonic soundtracks pretty much always good, even if the game is pants, which happens uh, unfortunately quite a lot. Never and, and extremely mashupable. 
Like, you can go on YouTube, put in a Sonic song, and it has been mashed up with some kind of pop song at some point. You yeah. know? Do yeah. you want Hilltop Zone and Tupac Shakur? You've got it. Do you want <laughs> no, Fallout Boy and Death Egg Zone? It's on there. Seriously, I'd like this. Um, just so many times I will just be like, yeah, you know, I wonder if there's like a, a Sonic mashup of this song. Mainstream there Sonic it is. moment. I distinctly remember going through my town late at night, past the nightclubs and hearing a dance remix of Emerald Hill. Blaring. Like, that's how <laughs> cultural touchstone some of the soundtrack is, where I can go, that's Emerald Hill coming out Red Square, what the f... You know? Uh, yeah. There's some uh, there's some amazing uh, Lady Gaga... I think it's then Lava Reef mashup out there, and there's a few of those kind of things. So I agree. And also, as someone who used to work in retail, my store would also sometimes be thumping out those Sonic 2 Club mixes. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I like the way we go. say this. Like, that wasn't your responsibility that that was happening. In the same no, way it was. That's what I'm saying. The, the same as in Steve's story. Like, Steve's the he, person actually driving in his it. car. And that's what's playing out. <laughs> Oops, I accidentally dropped this CD into the CD player and fell on play and Open put the volume all again. the way up. <laughs> Indeed, yes. But even uh, to, to keep this podcast current, um, despite... And this is actually not... A, I want to talk about the quality of the game. That's for another day. But even today, Sonic Frontiers, the latest entry, incredible soundtrack. Uh, so from 1992, well, from 1991 to today, still going strong in terms of music uh, is basically what I wanted to arrive at. The last thing before we uh, sort of conclude, as it were, is favourite zone straight up, you know, not just the music, but everything combined. What is your favourite zone from the game? Um, I asked the question, despite the fact that I know it is a really tough call for me to make. Um, Let me go first then. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. You guys will all have to agonise over this for hours and hours and hours, right? (laughs) Um, Casino. And I say that not lightly because I despise pinball games with a passion. Um, (laughs) But it's a really unique context and place for a level. Um, Mm -hmm. Exactly what you guys were talking about earlier. Yeah, there isn't a casino game, a casino level I can think about. There's a lot of fun to be had here. Um, it's bright, it's vibrant, it's got awesome music. It, you know, boss is probably the most interesting one for me. Yeah, yeah, just really cool. Uh, I, I felt that like that's the standout. Like if I'm sitting here thinking about the experience of playing Sonic, that's that's the one I remember, and therefore that can happily be the first one for me. Totally fair. I think that. It is the logical evolution from a stage in Sonic 1 called Spring Yard, which doesn't... I don't know what that's meant to be or represent. Like, what what is a Spring Yard? This makes a hell of a lot more sense. This is the logical sort of place to arrive. And so much so, when we're talking about Sonic 3 stages... Uh, there's just there's just another one in Sonic 3. They went, well, we like that enough. We'll make it one. Uh, call it Carnival instead of Casino this time. Uh, but it's just another Casino stage. Because it's just... It just fits and as you say no other series could really really pull it off like sonic can um steve what's your favorite zone from sonic 2 take a guess is it chemical plant it it might well be i think the boss is complete (laughs) rubbish but you know the the, the pink mega mac liquid you know the going from the top of a uh, mega mac that's what it's called uh terrifying factory through all these like tubes and luges it's just it's, it's really neat 
Uh, I like pretty much everything about it, bar that one bit where you've got the yellow squares that obviously if you're not careful you're going to die or drown or get mm. crushed. Mm. But you know, what what's a game without a bit of challenge, eh? Um the boss fight's rubbish, but other than that, yeah, it's my favourite zone, hands down. Not that I don't enjoy the rest of the game though. Stand out. No, for sure. I yeah, I mean this is one obviously that's beloved because it keeps coming back uh in generations and stuff like that. And Frontiers, funnily enough. And um it's it's the bit after the yellow squares for me where you could with with the moving platforms. Um and I and I love it because if you mess it up, you don't just fall immediately to your death. You have to fall slowly through the purple goop and think about what you've done. <laughs> Like, you might actually you might actually land somewhere and be safe but you might just go off into nothingness in slow motion and that is basically the first time the game tells you actually you need to be at least a little bit more careful than that you have to stop and think on the rare occasion you cannot just press right to win uh so i i appreciate that you're saved like by landing like on a seabed of dead flickies <laughs> I like the way you yeah. say it's teaching you a valuable life lesson of you have made a mistake sit there and think carefully on what you <laughs> we just need to make this really obvious because you're a dumb Sega kid um, <laughs> you like go fast nothing else <laughs> I I think if I had to pick one and I don't know if this is my outright favourite but I want to give it a shout out at least I have a weird soft spot for Hilltop Zone mm. It feels a bit like the connoisseur's choice. Like, I'm picking something like fruity tooty. Uh, the music's great. The music's amazing. It's so funky. Uh, the skybox is really nice. It's got some really goofy looking dinosaur robots in it. But it also doesn't have really many enemies in it at all because it knows the real danger in Sonic is lava pits and being crushed and it's really cool i mean it looks a bit silly now but it's really cool watching the level sort of change as this earthquake sort of thing takes place i really yeah something about hilltop zone that i really really enjoy jordan favorite zone Uh, first of all hilltop zone also has the character from blasphemous in it with the big spiky cone head. <laughs> uh, well, my fa- my favourite's already been mentioned, so I, I was going to think, oh, maybe I should like pick something else out. Oh, maybe Metropolis Zone. You know, it's like living inside a toolbox. You know, Ooh, it's like <laughs> it's like Home Improvement's opening screen or anything like that. Um, no, my favourite is Casino Night, um, and I-, I think it's part of it is the music. Uh, it's kind of similar to Hilltop Zone in that. When you go into the stage, you could almost forget that you're trying to save the world. Um, <laughs> yeah. You just kind of be like, oh, this is fun. Oh, this is great. You know, and you just suddenly you're in, uh, you know, a uh, casino inspired, pinball inspired, fruit machine inspired sort of, you know, hodgepodge of different things going on. It's it's weird because I'm not necessarily that keen on some of the repeating assets of it. I think like it's very like there's a, a lot of rectangular stuff going on, which is obviously there to um, accommodate some of the larger spaces that you'll be sort of playing in as a pinball slash fruit machine hybrid. Mm. Um, but I love I love going to Casino Night Zone and just wasting time there. It's one of those things where it's like if you're clever, you can basically just play on the fruit machine for like nine minutes and then go. <laughs> um and uh i mean to to me it was sort of like it was my uh it was my las vegas as five years old it's like hey <laughs> check me out i'm winning the big bucks like all these rigs coming in a sort of like a cyclone towards me yeah i'm winning the big bucks and then all the you know robotniks start showing up and i get a bunch of spiky balls like just 
killing Sonic. Um, it's 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 weird because it's kind of like it's quite simple, but it's just so in- enjoyable. Um, and also, it's got like my favorite enemy from the game, uh, the sort of the pincer and shield wielding, mm. you know, nearly sort of indestructible crab. Which I, today I found out what its name is. It's just it's simply crawl, which is Aww. a bit crap, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to be looking up the Japanese version to see if it's a, maybe a slightly cooler sounding name. <laughs> but yes, Casino Night, um, and it's, what, what is it? Like the fourth stage, I think it is. Um, yes, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. It, despite the fact that it was it was the one that I was stuck on for so long as a kid, not even my dad could beat that stage. Like like trying to beat Robotnik at the end, we always got so frustrated at it. But I don't care. It uh, <laughs> it is still overall such a sort of like enjoyable, charming Sonic stage, and it's it's a proper sort of Sonic stage. Like before Mario started sort of doing that kind of theming as well, it really mm. stuck out. It's like why am I suddenly in a pinball machine? And naturally, I really I really like pinball machines as well. So I'm 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 in contrast to Sherwin, but we have the same answer. Well, <laughs> you never had the same experience as I did when I was younger. <laughs> You were accidentally transported into Casino Night Zone. It's spinning around. Kirby's f***ing dream world. That's where it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's wrap this baby up. Let's talk conclusions. Final thoughts on Sonic the Hedgehog Two. I guess uh, I'll go first. Actually. Um, because I'm got, I've, I'm gonna hyperbole uh, the hell out of this as I want to do. Um, at this point, the Mega Drive is about four years old or so. Uh, the Super Nintendo had been out just a little while as well, not very long at all, about a year, but maybe two. Um, nothing gets better than this game in terms of a platformer. I'm not saying that there weren't other great platformers. Donkey Kong Country, for example, Yoshi's Island, great examples of amazing games. It did some really cool gameplay stuff. And also, probably more importantly, some incredible art style. Got some amazing stuff out of 16-bit systems. But in terms of a game with solid performance, replayability, and showing to your point what you were saying about gameplay, the sort of ability to just turn your brain off and it just be like a comfortable pair of really fast-running shoes... Just pure joy for me. Sonic 2 is the benchmark uh, of and the peak of the generation that it ta- is, and it's it's rightfully remembered as one of the most important games of that era. I think Sonic 3 & Knuckles is a better game for my tastes, but Sonic 2 is, is the Sonic game, it's the Sega game, and I think it's probably the 2D platformer of the early 90s period. There you go. Uh, Steve, final thoughts on Sonic 2? Excluding stuff like Doom and Resident Evil 4, this may be one of the games I own the most times over through compilations and God knows how many other things. I don't regret it one bit. Like Sonic 2 is, uh, I feel like, where Sonic 3 and Knuckles is a safe system and has a massive scope, and most Sonic games after it have that, Sonic doesn't, Sonic 2 doesn't. So you have one shot and then you're done. Unless you like, you know, want to break your system, pause it overnight, and see what happens. And <laughs> in that regard, it's quite pacey, quite accessible, quite musically talented, nice to look at. So it's just generally a great package. Like 
you're not going to use your entire you're not going to lose your entire evening to it unless you literally are an idiot kid who's not leaning a bit too much into Steve Law here who leaves his Mega Drive on overnight so he can finish it in the morning and doesn't realise <laughs> that the system isn't going to like that. Uh, yeah, it's it's good. I want to say it, it does everything that Sonic should do, especially two D era Sonic at, at bare minimum nowadays. Uh, which it's hard to put towards this, but it, it should be considered the benchmark in the best possible way for the uh, the thing you need to aim for. Obviously, there's more. There's like super modes, more characters, different stages, but this has just got a sampling of it all. It's fantastic for it. Mm. Uh, Jordan, final thoughts on Sonic Two? Uh, it's a perfect sequel. Uh, it's it's among that kind of that rare group of of games, which I feel quite confident in saying is a perfect sequel. It, it follows everything up and does it better, and uh, sort of strikes the the right kind of balance that would sort of you know make the new blueprint for what a sort of a Sonic game should be going forward and what you should expand from uh, when you're looking back. It, it's a, obviously it's a big cultural landmark um i i you know struggle to think of many games at that particular point in time that still to this day you could go to somebody who doesn't play games or hasn't played games in a long time they still they still remember sonic and they probably remember sonic 2 especially um it's 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 a game i think everybody should play i i always recommend games on these podcasts but seriously if you like if if you knew somebody who just had never picked up a game and just thought ah no that's not for me just give them Sonic like because it's not really much of a sort of a penalty so sort of losing in it or you know wasting sort of like ten minutes on it but I think mm. everybody just sort of clicks with it and has you know has some fun with it and and, and Sonic Two was sort of like one of the the purest examples of that so uh, yeah big thank you to Sherwin for not playing this for <laughs> her whole life. So that we could then cover it in a podcast. Indeed, <laughs> extremely thankful. That's why I do. Uh, that we could just basically have a big <laughs> love in for Sonic Two. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Indeed. And on that note, Sherwin, final thoughts on Sonic Two. Uh, <laughs> did you did you get anything out of it? Like Jordan said, did you click with it after all these years? Do you know I'm the bad guy. You don't want to finish on me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't click with it anywhere near as much as you guys did. I the the sheer power of nostalgia wasn't enough to carry through. And truthfully, it's it's not because Sonic's bad. It's just because, as I said, that this is not a type of game that I really enjoy an awful lot. Um, which is one of the reasons why I never probably had any interest in picking it up at the time. That said, I'm not sorry I played it in the slightest. Mm-hmm. Um, this was this was a fun game to kind of to really play and understand why it was that people basically got so excited about it back in the day mm-hmm. this was a good experience for all that I won't be sort of rushing to go play again or anything else but yeah it's it's just a it's a solid game um, and in that respect you can't possibly fault it especially when you consider other stuff that was out there like it's a really good solid cohesive experience and I think uh, yeah I I don't know, I'd go as far as recommend if I'm literally recommending any games of the era, this is probably not one I'd recommend, but it it's certainly on the list of you aren't going wrong if you play this game, let's put it that mm-hmm. way. So so yeah. Cool. One Sonic game down 
40 more to go. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, Sonic Adventure. Right. Nothing else remains for me but to thank our contributors and our patrons once again. Support the show for as little as $1 a month to help us create more bonus content like this over at patreon.com forward slash FASpraypod. You can also join the Discord server to get in touch with members of the team and our community. Discuss Resident Evil with us and other fans and listen to the podcast live as it's recorded. You can find a link to the server as well as our Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, etc. at fasprayPod.com. You can find the podcast on YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, and iTunes. And if you enjoyed the show, please do leave us a review where you can. It helps spread the word. Thank you to the panel. You can follow all of the Pueblo people individually. I'm at Siniac underscore one two three. Steve with the FB Steve was taken. Jordan is at Serialbox64 and Sherwin is at Show as Agenda. And finally, thank you for listening and have a good week. All I know is 1965-09-17. When you hear a ring sound, go back to the title screen, hold A and press start. I can't do it. Can't do the rest of them. That, 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 <laughs> if I if I didn't have a if I if I didn't have like the context that you're you're saying this sort of the cheat code, it kind of just sounded like I just like slipped into Twin Peaks for a second. <laughs> All right, it's that bit in MGS. <laughs> <laughs>